is the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget that you can download or subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes or Google Play stores or listen to WRALsportsfan.com and on our WRAL Sports Fan app. Now, here's your Canes Corner Podcast host, Adam Gold. Welcome to a playoff edition of the Canes Corner Podcast. I am in studio with number 26, Michael Fora. <laughs> Eric Cole is here. How are you? I'm well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh, man, this is a pleasure. Uh, I know we've been trying to do this for a couple of weeks, but uh, I'm glad we're doing it in the playoffs uh, because as somebody who has experienced the, the, the highs and the lows of playoffs and not playoffs, ultimately, and it, you didn't do a gap of 10 years or nine seasons, and this is the 10th year. But what does it feel like when you finally do break through that tape and get to the playoffs? Uh, well, I mean, for me, it was uh, – like I was I was a little spoiled uh, because I came in and, you know, we went to the Cup Finals my first year, so – going to happen you know, every year. Yeah, you're almost thinking, like, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> you know, we're uh, we're going to be a, you know, perennial all-star – or, uh, you know, playoff team. We're going to be in there every year and competing for the Cup and – uh, that obviously, you know, wasn't the case whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had, you know, just a couple really, really tough years uh, right after that. And I can remember coming back after my first season just being, I think my body was still in shambles by the time right. the season started. And um, I played injured pretty much the entire season uh, up until I finally got my leg broken and kind of finally kind of had to <laughs> had to shut it down. And, right. Um, and then you know a couple of weeks later you're you know it's surgeries and they're shutting you down for the year so it's 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 really you, you almost kind of take it for granted like at first mm-hmm. because you you feel like oh like okay we're we're there like we can do this but it's and Roddy and I always kind of had these conversations it's it's the hardest thing to do is to you know weather like what what happens through the course of a season there's going to be ups and downs and injuries and mm-hmm. you have to be able to you know, sustain all of that and the grind and the dog days and just all of that just to get yourself in. And once you once you get in, like, it's great because it's it's almost like the pressure's off now. Because okay, then, yeah. you, then you get to that point where you're just like, well, here we go. And it's just rinse and repeat every day. It's the same schedule. It's Groundhog Day. It's you're at the rink. The most important thing is the games. There's no practices don't matter like you you know what i mean like you're only using practice as a tool to get your body moving get blood right. flow and and you know keep the feel uh in terms of like you know if you, you have you, you find this routine that just works for you and you just stick with it and then you start paying attention to everything superstitious around you and oh, really? in the world and what Are you, you a eat superstitious and, guy? Uh, i was i was pretty bad um like at the rink and i i I've had this conversation a bunch where, you know, is it superstition or is it, is it just your, your routine or like, it's almost like, I think it starts as superstition, but then it becomes your routine Mm -hmm. or it's, it's just weird. I had a lot of weird little quirks, but I could, no when when someone, yeah, when someone would ask me, ask me a question (laughs) about my routine, I could go like minute for minute, like what it was like, like on a game day. Like and if they wanted it narrowed down from just the time that I walk through the arena doors, I had that down to right. like it's all down to like a science and everybody has it, you know. Like it, it was crazy, but 
Um, I would say that, <laughs> like in the 06 run, that was a lot more just straight superstition. It was where we sat, like right. like what we what we did, like because as black aces, you you can't really control anything. So mm-hmm. the only thing you can control is what you do, and it's you know very minimal mm-hmm. uh, in the sense. But it was you know I always sat to the far left, and Hutchie was next to me, and we just we had our own little quirks as a group that we tried to do. You were never a black ace though. Uh, well, technically I was, yeah. I mean, yeah. I was injured, but I was I was with the Black oh, Aces. Oh, in, oh, in, in 2006. Okay, yeah. yes. Because yeah. you were... Yeah, but at that... I don't know. I, mean, I don't even know how to process that because... And I, you you and I have had uh, conversations uh, a lot deeper than I ever thought I would have uh, about, you you know, the way you felt about uh, 06. And I don't really want to get into it. That's, I think that's for another time where you almost felt like not involved in it. Because you weren't, you didn't play until Game Six and Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, but I was, I went back and looked at that team. You had thirty goals in sixty games, so uh, to to say that you weren't part of it is kind of missing the fact that this team would, that team would not have been in the position it was in. Were you not? Uh, you were not a normal black ace. You weren't just like Jake Bean's going to be a black ace, <laughs> yeah. right? Jake Bean's coming up here to go to dinner uh, and uh, and skate around, practice and, player, and practice. Yeah. And I mean, if he gets in into a game, that means something went wrong with somebody else at this point. Which is how I got in. <laughs> so, well, same well, kind of thing. Well, yeah, sh- I guess. If it wasn't for Doug Wake getting hurt, I never would have. You stepped. don't think so? No, I wouldn't have. We it was not in the cards at all. Really? Okay. Yeah. And he hurt his shoulder. He couldn't even lift the cup. It was yeah. It was only because I went and said something to. Uh, I went to. I attempted to say to Lavi, but he was on a phone call when we had to land on our way out. I think we were we were either refueling or it was when Jim had Jim, to get off the right, plane in Iowa to get to. Um, <laughs> yeah, to be rushed to hospital with kidney stones. I think it was. Um, yeah, so I think that's what that stop was. And Lavi was on the phone, and so I just said to Jeff Daniels, I said, uh, "Hey, so if you know when Lavi comes back in, ask him if if Dougie can't play, who's who's jumping in the lineup in his place? Tell him I was curious." <laughs> <laughs> and so I went back and I went back to my card game, and we were all sitting there kind of giggling about it. I was like, "Watch this!" I said, "We get wheels up. Lavi's gonna be coming back here." <laughs> And that's that's kind of how it started. So it never would have happened okay. uh, if Dougie hadn't gotten hurt. So, um, but yeah, it's um, you weren't a normal black ace. I, I mean, whatever. But like, right. I wore I wore the badge proudly, um, and there was and those guys were great. Uh, you know, we had David Gove, who you know recently you know passed away, mm-hmm. and then uh, uh, Killer uh, Craig Kowalski, uh, Keith Coin. Me, Hutchie. Right. Uh, and then there was a couple other guys like Andrew Ladd who was, you know, with us uh, for a little bit. And then, you know, he got himself in the lineup. And, right. you know, it was one of those, you know, do anything you can to make sure you don't ever get back out of the lineup. You know, you don't want to be mm-hmm. here with us. And uh, and so just, you know, it's just, just such a great group. But I think that, you know, once you get to this time of year and it's so fun, like it's just it's nothing but fun. Like you're you're playing you're playing for the cup. It's it's everything that you've put into the season and done. Like you've you've literally like it, it's a weight off because you've accomplished that first step. Without because without making the playoffs, you don't have a mm-hmm. chance, right? And so they've they've gotten there. And so now everyone can kind of take a deep breath and just be like, all right, like here we go. Like 
like we got our group, we know we're capable, we've got a chance, and you got to win 16 games. That's it. Plain and simple. They've won 31. In yeah, the last they've, three yeah, months. they're like, uh, I'm, I, I think, it, yeah, since, uh, since January, I think they have like what the second best record in the league behind uh, maybe Tampa. St. Louis. No, it's Tampa. Uh, Tampa's got the best record in the league even after from New Year's Eve on because, okay. I mean, well, they're Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, St. Louis has compiled more points. Carolina has a better record. Gotcha. Right? But yeah. St. Louis has played more games than, uh, than the Hurricanes since New Year's Eve. Uh, I, I do want to ask you about the uh, – because you, you were in the playoffs three times with this uh, with this franchise. I want to ask you about the difference bet- uh, between those three and how it felt getting in and then once you got in, how different it was. But I, I, I'm curious, this team on New Year's Eve was 15, 17, and 5. Going to that game against Philadelphia here was 15, 17, and 5. And, I mean, I still have the column that I tweet at every once in a while just to remind people that this is what I felt, as optimistic as I have been about this team. This is what I felt on New Year's Eve. It's time to shut it down, think about next year, all of that. What was your feeling about this team, even in January, when they did start to play better? I think that, for me... I think you always have to look at where the team is at coming out of the All-Star break. Like, where, where are we at heading into the All-Star break, and where where do you sit leaving the All-Star break? I think that that's, for me, a really good judge of what needs to happen. Because there's almost like that little push between the All-Star game and the trade deadline. Right. And that's where you, like, if you're, if you're in a position or if you're in a position to be in the playoffs or if you're like a bubble team, that's where your team shows you what they're what they're capable of, what they're made of, where, where you know where they're trending, mm-hmm. is it up or is it down? You know, you look at right. you look at like what happened to like say the Minnesota Wild. Minnesota Wild trended down yep. from the All Star break, which led to a bunch of deadline moves for them. Great for us because we were able to get Niederreiter here, yeah, and that actually happened even like almost a even month earlier. Before, right? Yeah, but so they they recognized where they were and felt like you know what, like this is a year where we're going to have to, you know, head head the other way. And then obviously they make trades and go on a, a much better, they had a much better record, a much better run, and actually came really close to making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of one of those, you know, situations where you have to, you have to gauge it and see like where you're at coming out of, coming out of that all-star break. Um, for me, I thought, you know, with the way the team played through January, it, it it had that sense of like, okay, they've they've kind of got it figured out now. Like, they've got that confidence in themselves, and they can just go out night in, night out, and just roll and just continue to do the right things. And they they were getting a lot of contributions from different people, and mm-hmm. they were doing this with Jordan Stahl out of the lineup. Right. So that in itself kind of is a, an added boost because you're playing you're playing without one of your top forwards who can play in all situations and does every little thing on the ice great. Mm -hmm. And he's so hard to play against because of his range and his strength. And it's just, uh, so to go through that stretch without him in your lineup, knowing that he's eventually going to be coming back into your lineup, that that's another boost for me. You know, it's interesting. I've talked to, uh, speak to Rod a lot. Rod Brindamore, the head coach, for those people uh, who don't know who I refer to. Um, There was a time where I was convinced that he didn't think Jordan was coming back. Um, Because Jordan missed 
over 30 games yeah. with concussions. Yeah. And uh, anybody that's ever had a concussion, um, if the longer it goes on, the, the, you just don't know. Yeah, the scarier it is. Right. And he sure. kept, you know, he was always around, uh, you know, working out, uh, but there were always, they don't like to call them setbacks, but there were always little things like, you know, suddenly I don't feel well again. Yeah. And you just never know if you're going to come out of it. I don't, and uh, Rod Brindamore, um, more than a few times during that stretch was like, yeah, we just we just don't think so. Um, and we just don't know. Not, not that we don't think so. We just don't know. And they they were prepared that he was never coming back. And it's interesting. Um, and we had him on the show on uh, on Monday. By the way, we're recording this, so we haven't even talked to him yet. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to ask him about this. The If you had told a guy like Brendan Moore, who was such a good center, a great center, yeah. um, all year long, they have operated with one experienced NHL center. Just Jordan. Yep. Nobody else had NHL experience. Aho uh, hadn't played center more than Very a handful limited. of games. Very limited, yep. Um, Walmart played center, but again, 10 games probably prior to this season, maybe 15 games in the NHL prior to this season. They used Mark Nook as a center. I mean, yep. it's been crazy uh, for this team to do what it's done. And then Jordan misses 35 games. For this team to have done this with no experience at center playing for Rod, I wonder how he would have... If I told him that before the season, what are your chances? He probably would have said no chance. Yeah, I don't think he would. He definitely wouldn't have like ranked it up that high in terms of uh, like a percentage. But I think that that's also, you know, one of the positives about this group. And one of the ways that you can kind of look at it is, you know, they had that mentality where it was like, yeah, you know, we don't think that Jordan's going to be able to come back, mm-hmm. or we're kind of planning for him not to be able to come back. And collectively in that room everybody kind of had to pick up the slack for him being out of the lineup. And they had to kind of come to that realization, like, well, you know, this, this is this is what we got. Like, he, you know, he, he might not come back this year or he's not coming back this year. And so everyone has that mentality. Right. And then it's just like, okay, well, like, here we go. It, it's it's almost like the mentality of teams sometimes when they, they, they come out of the, the trade deadline and – you know, everyone's kind of on eggshells a little bit for a couple of weeks before the deadline. If you're not quite sure which way mm-hmm. things are going to go, or if you're not sure if you're going to be there, or whatever it is, and then that deadline hits and you haven't been traded, or you have, <laughs> or whatever, and right. like, and, that, and then you know everyone can just that's another like little stepping stone in the season where you just take that deep breath and it's like, okay, like this is it, this is what we got, it's who we are. Let's let's go see what we can do, and. It carries through. You know, this team at the trade deadline, I'm trying to remember exactly because the, you know I've been around the team so much this year, it all kind of all runs together. Um, but the only – I guess there were other players who were rumored to have been traded. Justin Falk was in the rumor mill all year long. Uh, even though Pesci, Brett Pesci probably had the highest value among their defensemen on the trade market, I never, ever thought that they were going to move him. Uh, and Michael Furlan was obviously there. But Furlan was also dealing with injuries during that stretch. So I'm I'm not sure it basically this is a, a roundabout way of saying I didn't sense this team being apprehensive individually going down that stretch. And maybe it speaks to the professionalism of some of these guys, but I just didn't sense that. The the looseness 
The looseness? That's not even. I don't, I don't know if that's a word. Is that a word? Can we'll I just get... call it looseness. The looseness. The 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 looseness of this team was always apparent. I never got the sense. Uh, I don't know what you attribute that to, but what you were talking about didn't happen. I, I didn't see it as much as I was around them. Well, I think that I think that that's something that you know maybe in. Uh, in a season like this and obviously like I'm not around the the team day to day so it's mm-hmm. hard to like know exactly what the vibe is but when you know Justin and you know Roddy and you get a sense of the culture that's in the room right. then I think that that kind of speaks to you know not they're not being that uneasiness or that you know you know the way I described it at the alumni game is that it, you know the team seems to walk around with this you know the little bit of a quiet confidence about themselves um and I think that you're that's alumni a alumni team. No, no, no <laughs> definitely not. Um, but so uh, I, I just I, I think I think with that with that being said, where you know you didn't sense that at all. I think that one that it does speak to the professionalism of the guys. I think that the other part of it is, you know, maybe nobody was worried because of how the team was performing at mm-hmm. the time, or. You know, maybe there was something said in the room like, hey, like, maybe everyone kind of already knew, like, hey, this is our group. Like, right. you know, maybe they told them earlier. I mean, it's true. I mean there's, there's been times where GMs have come into the room and told everybody, call your agent because you're going to be traded right. <laughs> at, so, by the deadline. So how does, it work? how does it work for somebody who's been in locker rooms before and you have been traded? Uh, although the, the midseason trade was back here. Uh, and all you know, you were traded midseason. Yeah. Dallas, uh, Montreal to Dallas was midseason, yep. and Dallas to uh, Detroit was midseason. Correct. Right? Um, so oh, a lot of times, <laughs> so too many times three, for a player three, of your ilk. To three times, three times during the season, and once in the off season. So, how did if if you're in a locker room that you think, man, we could do it if we just got a little bit of a push. Is that what players want? No, or, no. Because I, I think I this team deserved to stay together. See, yeah, I don't think that I've ever been on a team where we we were in the room, like hoping for management to make a a trade. Right. You know what I mean? I don't think I've ever been on a team like that where you're you're looking. You you know you can't look outside the walls of the locker room for something to be coming to push you over the edge. Okay. You know, like I mean, it might be you well, leaving. Well, yeah, there, there's always that possibility too. But I think that in, inside the dressing room, the mentality is always, you know, the, like this is what we have. Like this is our group. Like we're going to get it done together. And you've you've sat there and battled with these guys for, you know, say sixty games or whatever it is. I mean, it's usually around twenty games left uh, about the deadline. Um, so, or even, you know, the years that you've put in together, things mm-hmm. like that. Like, so there's that, there's just that familiarity and kind of respect factor and trust factor that you have, you know, in your room. So you're never looking, you know, to management to, to give you that boost. It's only when management does make a move that provides okay. a boost right. that you're, that everyone kind of looks around like, whoa. Did that just happen? Like when we, when we traded for Doug, wait, I got the phone call from my agent about that before I left. It obviously hadn't been announced yet. And waiter wanted to talk to me, uh, you know, before kind of, 
you know, it was finalized. Right. And so I had to, I had to hurry out of the the practice ring because we were going to jump on a flight and get on the phone with him, and he was just kind of wanting to know what the vibe was in the room. And did you guys have a relationship before? So we had played together in world championships. Okay. Um, the spring before, uh, and which, which Lavi was the coach of, and then um, we had the same agent. And okay. So uh, I was actually, you know, I was introduced. Oh, I introduced myself to uh, to Doug. It was my second uh, second off season okay. in the league. We and I was um, at the at the NHL players meetings and. Steve had kind of told me, Steve Bartlett, my agent, our mm-hmm. agent, had told me that uh, Dougie was going to be there, you know, to make sure that I went up and introduced myself and, you know, said hello to him and, and everything. Uh, an even better guy. Just, uh, you know, one of the great guys, great personality in the mm-hmm. locker room. And uh, I think I think he was, he just really added to an already really great locker room. We had such a great group that yeah. year. And so I think he was kind of, you know, just kind of worried about it a little bit um, and wanted to, like, just a little bit of reassurance. And I was, <laughs> I told him, I said, oh, man, I said, you're going to love it here. I said, it's it's great. You know, we, everyone gets along. We joke joke around with one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're having a great season. And, like, I, I just said, I said, you coming here is just going to be unbelievable. Yeah, that team, there, I've said this to you before, um, there were, a, Rod was the captain, but there were, probably were, 15 guys in that room that could have worn letters. I mean, oh, there were yeah. so many guys that could have worn letters on that team. Yeah. I mean, it just happened to be Glenn and Glenn Wesley and Kevin Adams, but it could have been could have been you, could have been Hedekin, could have been, I mean, Ray Whitney was yeah, the I third mean, line. Ray, I mean, Stiller. T- tons, tons of people. Hedy. Yeah. Um, Aaron Ward was, was yeah, tr- one of his was, best years. was vocal that year. Um, you know, a guy that's still doing it today, Matt Cullen. And you look at, like, all Gosh, the guys Matt that Cullen are, like— 42 years old, still playing. I think he's 43. Is he 43? Yeah, he, he looks, looks like— 40. He hasn't aged <laughs> at all. Like, it's unbelievable. He still looks the same out there. Um, he which burned is, Carolina just, a week and a half. Yeah, I, oh, he played great. Look, yeah. he's still a good player. Yeah, he can still snap it, that's for sure. Um, but, uh, you, you know, like, Stalzy, obviously— uh, but then you know guys like Andrew Ladd are in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just Justin, yeah, Willie's in the room. Yeah, it, it was it was endless, really. Um, I think that there was just so many guys that you know had such really quality leadership skills, and then when you have Roddy at the start at the head of it, and Wes at the head of it, and Kevin Adams, and those guys were just you know great pros day mm-hmm. in day out, and you know coming out of the out of the lockout year and everything and uh you know heading into those captain's practices everyone was here everyone wanted to be here and like we were we were excited to be to be back and and to have the group so i want to bet um, by the way that year that you guys were going to be better than pittsburgh at the start of the season i made that bet at the start of the year <laughs> i i so, would have taken that bet so well yeah you 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 knew you were in there yeah you knew the team and it's and again that team was and and the the foundation was laid in 2002. I want to get back to all of those uh, in a minute, but you, I, I don't. I want. I want you to talk to me about Justin Williams. Um, easy, easy I, topic. I, I know, and it's um, it's cool because uh, we, you guys were tra- essentially. Traded it's the for low each light other. of my career. I've <laughs> said this. It's the low other. light of my Why career. Why is that the low light of your career? Well, I, at first I thought it was being traded for Yoni Pekinen, and then, <laughs> but then, but then when you think about it. And then it's like, oh man! Yoni like, was a heck of a player. Was he? He was a heck of a player. He was okay. 
<laughs> he had his. He had I his, think. I he think he. I think his. I think his not being that much of a heck of a teammate kind of. Right. Okay. Overshadowed his sure. being a heck of a player at times. Okay. I mean, it's all. It's all fair. Yeah. He's incredibly talented, offensive, big defenseman who unfortunately got hurt badly at, and at his times. career ended. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that honestly, it was a, uh, you know, it's, it's a shame that, you know, that rule didn't get put into place just a, a little bit earlier because it was, it was icing, right? because it was something that had been talked about so many times. I know that you know, Mr. Rutherford, that was one thing. It was one of his biggest pet peeves was how stuff like that happened, and uh, you know, they were, they had kind of got the ball rolling on protecting the defenseman going back because. There were a lot of big hits and concussions, and it is like there was a lot more speed in the game, and it's a dangerous area of right. the ice. It really is, and if you're leaning on a guy's hips in that area and stuff, um, you know, as forwards, we always kind of, you know, they started making all these rules against us with the defensemen, but then it was like, wait a minute, they do this stuff to us. Right. You know, it was <laughs> we were looking for it to be a little bit more of a two-way street, but um, yeah, it's just a shame that uh, it took okay that, heck, that heck one with, that one final heck thing. with Yoni. Yeah. Uh, why was being traded for Willie the low point? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, because he, you know, he's a guy that you know you're looking forward to coming back and and playing oh, with. Right, you okay. know, he's he's the guy that I was with when I got traded to Edmonton. Like he and I were on the golf course together, Raleigh Country Club. Really? Literally 18 fairway, and Mike Commodore called to to tell me that I could. You know, yes. Uh, there, that I'm gonna love it up there. I can stay at his mom and dad's place or something. You did know, did he say just... pack your? No, he didn't. But he was obviously, you know, like I, I knew that a trade was coming. Like it was, yeah, it okay. was pretty obvious. To... You can always feel it. Yeah, it was pretty obvious. Like where, where things were headed. So, um, so I, I kind of knew, but I, I don't think that we were paying super close attention to like the clock or right. whatnot like that day. And it was like as soon as free agency hit at noon, it was like it had been – they were just waiting to hit the send button or gotcha. enter uh, at TSN. And so the trade was up, and I, I had kind of heard rumblings that had been agreed upon a few weeks prior. So right. so it was kind of, you know, just it, – it was coming. Uh, and so he and I were together when that happened, and, you know, and that's kind of – like it's hard enough, uh, like getting traded, uh, especially from a place that you don't want to get traded from, mm-hmm. um, and so that was difficult. But um, you know, to have like one of your teammates right there with you, and then you know, you got all the emotions going through. And it was the first time I'd been traded. Obviously, it gets you know a little bit uh, easier. You, you mm-hmm. kind of understand it all and understand how to deal with it and stuff like that. And uh, you know, the, the next couple times in my career, I had some control over it. So, so getting that makes traded a back here in a deal that sent Williams to L.A. Yeah. was lower than that? Yeah, like, well, because I knew, like, I knew I was going to be getting traded from Edmonton. I, I woke up that day uh, with the understanding that a teammate and I were getting traded to L.A. for Froloff and Patrick O'Sullivan. Okay. Um so it was going to be Bobby Nielsen and I heading to L.A. And it was just kind of like one of those, uh, you know, it, it's out of your control. Mm-hmm. So you're just, it was, uh, I was going to become a free agent that summer anyway. So it was like, you know, wh- whatever the case is, you know, we'll just 
play it out, see how it goes, and uh, you know reevaluate after the season. And so then it, it just it, the fact that it ended up being back here, it was kind of odd because of you know getting moved just that summer before. Right, uh, was came back literally quick. in the same season. <laughs> it was just like a six month hiatus from the team. So, so it was just weird. Um, you and Jim just needed a break. But <laughs> is that it? I mean, we didn't see each other all that much, so I don't know if that's why. I think he just needed a break from me, maybe. Um, but I just, uh, yeah, when because you don't really, you never really know like who you're getting traded for, right. uh, and until you know. And so then, when I did find out that it was Willie, it was just kind of like, oh, just a little bit of a gut punch and. Uh, and then when I heard the reasoning behind of it, uh, with him getting his hand broken, mm-hmm. uh, from an Anton Babchuk slap shot and he wasn't yeah. gonna be able to play and it still just, it still doesn't make it, you know, any better when, you know, you get traded for, for one of your friends. And, right. and I think that we, we had had that happen here when Matt Cullen came back and it was, uh, the Hutchinson's going the other way. Mm-hmm. That was a really tough one for everybody, especially, uh, you know, on a team that we were so close with and. Like even the Hutchinsons, like uh, like those two couples were really close, right. and having kids, starting their families out at mm-hmm. like, that same time, and um, and I think I think it was one of the phone calls was you know between the wives to be like we're we're getting traded back, and then it was uh, you know a half hour forty forty minutes later that the Hutchinsons found that found yeah. out that they were going the other way, so it was like oh you know, so it, it, but it's. <laughs> You get reminded often that it, right. that it is a business and mm-hmm. it's all part of it. But uh, yeah, it's you know, for me, like with Willie, it was uh, it was tough for sure. He was, I mean, he was a guy I would sit next to on the bus. We'd sit there and play chess on one of our smartphones back chess, and forth, very and nice things like that. So words with friends. Did you play words with friends with Justin? I did not play. Words He's a big with crossword puzzle. Yeah, I know. We used to sit in the locker room in the mornings uh, and and work on the crossword all the time. So. Um, uh, one of my, one of my best or like funnest stories about Justin was, uh, that, uh, that cup season where at the, after the game, it was always my, my iPod that was up at the front of the room, right? but it was after the game and he was, he kept looking for a song to play from like post game celebration and Finally, he just turned to me and he's like, he's like, Colsey, he goes, I'm, I'm telling you right now, he goes, we're not going to be friends anymore until you get Gold Digger on this iPod. <laughs> and, so, and that became our song, like post-game celebrations, Gold Digger. Yeah. All right. Uh, as a captain, I know uh, when he came back last year, uh, there was um, there was a lot of anticipation that part of the whole thing was he's going to be the captain. And it didn't work out that way. I, I'm not sure you were aware of this, but yeah. uh, there was a convoluted co-captain, and Jeff Skinner wore the A, and Justin Williams didn't get a letter until there was an injury uh, later on in the season. Um, how disappointed do you think he was? I think he was disappointed, certainly more disappointed than he'll ever let on. Oh, yeah. So I, I mean, I was disappointed for him. And I, 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 I fully expected... Uh, for that to be the decision, and I thought it was the easiest decision, and mm-hmm. I thought it was the right decision and the smartest decision. I, I mean, it, let's just say anything other than him being the captain uh, of 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 this team uh, after coming back here and after what he what he was a part of here and after what he went and did when he wasn't here, mm-hmm. 
was just for me it was it was baffling uh, i was at that press conference mm-hmm. and um it wasn't the announcement that i expected i mean and i was on the golf course with justin the day before uh even with did he know and with cam ward and he he wasn't quite sure they hadn't made the announcement to any individuals yet and he wasn't quite sure like how it was going to go but uh, you know and i was kind of pumping it to him saying you know it's got to be you like for sure it's got to be you and, well, I mean, if they're if we I, were counting all the votes, yeah. Well, yeah, that's another. <laughs> if we were counting all not, the votes, another way to go about it. It's uh, don't don't ask if you don't. They apparently it, didn't yeah, count all the votes. Yeah, if you're if you're if the opinions out there don't matter, then don't ask. That's unfortunately um, that the, was the and case. that was kind of my. Uh, I mean, because that was my vote uh, as well. One um, of the assistant coaches last year, who's, I think, still around, wearing nice uh, nice new suits. Uh, walked past me and said, wait till you get a load of this. <laughs> yeah. Although that's paraphrasing. Yeah, I think it was, uh, <laughs> I think there was a lot of people that were uh, were surprised by the decision. Does that matter? I, yeah, I think it did. It, I think it, it handcuffed Willie a little bit. And um, I, I think it just kind of confused everyone in the room a little bit. Uh, because I think that everyone kind of felt where it should have been or where it should have mm-hmm. gone. And... For it to go a different direction, I, I don't think that – I think it made everyone kind of a little bit uncomfortable, uh, in my opinion. And that's – I mean, that's the way it looked to me. I think it made me. I think, uh, Falk and Stahl uncomfortable? I know it made I, – I, I would say it made Jordan uncomfortable for sure. Uh, not sure if it made Justin uncomfortable. I know that – I mean, I had heard something – was it last – I think it was last – Ring or it was like it was after the season, but I had heard something that uh, Jeff Skinner was even a little bit, you know, surprised. I guess I guess I think Jeff Skinner was surprised that he didn't get consideration to wear the C. And I was, I mean, for me, for that was, I was pretty surprised by that. Uh, but but Jeff saying that, yeah, I, I just, uh, I mean, when you look at the candidates, I don't, it it would surprise me for him to compare himself to the the other right. the other guys uh you know well coming there. off a season in where he and victor rask alternated wearing a's <laughs> gonna take a sip of water on that one uh, ah. so, so i just you know i mean for me and i i agree with you i think that uh willie probably was uh pretty disappointed by it yeah. and uh he, i think that he you know definitely swallowed it and just you know went about his business and and tried to do you know as best he could i i think i sent him a text that got sent to me uh when i when i got uh passed on to wear like a letter for uh sudsy for brandon sutter Mm -hmm. and i had a friend send me you know shoot me a text and he's just like you you don't have to wear a letter to be a leader Right, and that and 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 it honestly is the truth. Um, I used you as an example. I talked to uh, to just we had Justin on the show that day, that day maybe the next day or something like that. Uh, and I asked him if he was disappointed by it, and I used you as an example. You were always leader on this team. I mean, and you may have worn A's that I that I can't remember, um, but I had to, I told him that, and he just said I was surprised. Uh, I think he left it there maybe unintentionally 
But he didn't say he was. He didn't say he was surprised that he didn't get an A. He just said I was surprised by the decision. Yeah. And then he he texted me back after the interview was over. And he goes, just so everybody knows, I was surprised I didn't at least get an A. Yeah. It wasn't the C. I think he was surprised about the C. Um, but I I said exactly what you just said is what I said to him. Yeah. And he was Jordan and uh, Jordan Stahl and Justin Falk each wore A's the year after Eric was Eric Eric Stahl was traded. Yeah. But we all knew that kind of Jordan was the captain. It was just. The, yeah, the, I, way, the way it really felt. That would have been my my take on the based on the personnel, right? But then I think when Justin comes, it's I think that he trumps Jordan. He does, but but he was the obvious leader in that room last year. So, yeah. and it was it was because even when you talk to Jordan Stahl and Justin Falk and other guys who were, you know, in in the category of guys you would consider leaders, yep. they always referred to Willie. Yep. Always. 100% of the time. As they should have. Right. Um, um, like I said, it, it made everyone a little uncomfortable. Bro. So now this year, <laughs> explain his stamp on this. I mean, I can do it because, you know, again, I'm around the team a lot, but um, I can't do it from experience about what a captain means to a locker room and to a team um, because it's... I think you could see little bits of Justin everywhere. Oh well, yeah, it's uh, it's how he carries himself. It's his demeanor. It's his work ethic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's his personality. It's uh, you know, how he prepares day in day out. Like he's he's just such a great pro. And then it's how he talks to guys too. Like, and you can see like you you can see in some of his post game interviews like when. Like when he's when he's mad about something or disappointed about something or um, or feels like you know the the group is giving enough, like it, it shows and you and you know it like mm-hmm. it's and that's kind of how it how it should be and I think that I think that guys in the room like it's almost like like for us beforehand like Roddy set the tone and Roddy just kind of the way he carried himself or did whatever like if if Roddy was playing hurt with something like it made you want to play hurt with something you know what I mean like it's it's that kind of thing like if he you know well if he's doing it then you better be doing it too that kind of thing he you know and and that's the same same with Justin he he, that's another you know chalk that one up to he leads by example I mean it's it's not everything just what he says it's what he does and you watch him play on the ice and yeah, there's a couple nights that, you know, I've been like, oh man, you know, he's he needs to get his legs going a little bit more, mm-hmm. and but that that's gonna happen. And I I had nights like that, uh, you know, later in my career where, um, you know, it, it, it you know there was there was just a couple nights on a back to back where maybe you don't feel that great, but you find ways around it. You find ways to get you know to get your legs going, and I think that he's done that, and um, I think the fact that. You know, Roddy trusts him, and Roddy has such a good relationship with him that, you know, he's been he's been afforded, you know, the opportunities to to continue to lead, and no matter what the the situation or the scenario, mm-hmm. and and I think that Roddy had that afforded to him as well from from coaches. Sure. Um, you know, when even if a coach knew that you know Roddy wasn't at a hundred percent, you knew you were going to get a hundred percent from him. 
just because the guy's not at 100% doesn't mean he isn't going to give it, you know. And and I think that Justin's that same makeup. And, you know, I just, for me, like, it was actually kind of tough to be at the game Thursday when they they clinched. I was actually at the game. Okay. And uh, we had, like like, a bunch of the hockey dads that I coached and their kids. And, you know, just, like, the the atmosphere in the building and just seeing it the seeing it the way that it should be and the way that you remember it and the okay. way you, the way you expect it to be um that kind of stuff uh for me was uh, and and it was a little bit in the Philly game too the the afternoon game I thought that okay, was yeah. like really good atmosphere at that game also uh and I saw and you it was, leaving that game yeah, yeah I, I didn't think they played right. all that well in no, that game they didn't but you know what like uh that that first goal that they got off of the, the rebound and bang mm-hmm. it's in the back of the net like they really needed that goal sure. and you could tell and it got the crowd into it mm-hmm. and and from there i think they were a much better team they still had a you know a few shifts here and there where uh, but but philly's a team that can do that to you also and rattle it around a little bit but mm-hmm. um but yeah it was it you know it was one of those situations where you know all like the the dads and the players are all down like in the seats and they're at the front of the the suite and they got their cell phones out and they're just really like into that you know moment and i was right. i just kind of sat, I sat back in the in the suite and i was kind of watching it on the on the tv and uh just kind of just listening to it rather than actually watching it you know what i mean and i think that uh why, why were you uh, i'm, I'm going to use the word emotional why were you emotional about it well it's one of those it, it's one of those moments that makes you miss it you okay know, you, you miss uh you miss the atmosphere. You miss, you know, not being a part of things. And I think for me, especially, um, because I didn't get to really know when my last game was. Right. That you can kind call of your thing. shot. Yeah. So, so I think that it's it's all those little emotions like that, and especially here in this building and stuff. And then with it being Willie, you know, it's and Roddy as the coach. It's just <laughs> and that's one of those things where it's just like, oh man. Um. So yeah. So it's uh, for me like couldn't be you know, happier one for Roddy, uh, and what, what he's done and what the whole, you know, coaching staff has done. And then you look at Willie and, uh, the way he's led and what he's, you know, brought these guys to is, is fantastic. And I don't, I don't think they're done yet. I really think, I think there's a belief in the room and I'm excited to see what they do. All right. Uh, I don't want to keep you too much longer, Eric Cole here, uh, a playoff edition of the Canes Corner podcast. All right. Real quick about, uh, your view of the series with Washington, um, it's a. I mean, they, they. There's a reason why they won the Stanley Cup, and it's about time they uh, achieved with the the group of talent that they've got. Um, are they are they gettable for Carolina? I think so. Um, I think that there. I think that their experiences from the last several playoff runs that they've, you know. It, that's going to carry some weight, especially since they finally got over the hump uh, mm-hmm. last year and were able to win. Um, but I think, I think of, I think of the opponents that uh, that they could have had in the first round. This is a good draw uh, for the Hurricanes. I think that I wouldn't have said this with last year's team, but I think there's a difference between that team last year mm-hmm. with with Wash and. And this team, and I think that 
I think it's better matchups uh, for Carolina. I think uh, you know there's still going to be some moments where you know Washington's going to get rattled around a little bit in the mm-hmm. in the offensive zone, and they're just going to have to you know recognize and 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 play solid defense and just you know weather a few storms. And, uh, it's because right. it's it's going to be. <laughs> And, and and that atmosphere will get will get loud and it'll get it'll get pretty crazy there, uh, you know in in Washington especially, you know with their fans and you know what they went through last year. Obviously they're you know really excited about it again this sure. year and um, and it's a fun building to play in. It's a fun atmosphere and I think it's it's going to be how a lot of the guys that don't have all that playoff experience how they handle it and understanding, you know you have to have that controlled emotion. You got to. You know, be able to harness it and 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 play with mm-hmm. that really right on the edge. Um, you know, uh, you know, S- is one that I'm curious to see, like <laughs> what you know where where he draws the line because it's it's you know he he's a player that uh, he definitely you know pushes it pretty hard, and uh, you know just keeping that in check and and understanding you know situations and you know you're gonna it's going to be a battle and i think it's it's one that they're they're up for but uh you know it's going to be a fun experience for them and i think that if they can if they can play the way they're capable of and have the demeanor of their coach and their captain and get good goaltending then yeah washington is gettable and the other thing is uh, that falls into all of that is they have to stay out of the penalty box. Uh-huh. That's uh, yeah against Washington as, and, and especially Tampa. yeah and right. especially are... in the playoffs. Um, it, it, those 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 are the goals that you just you, you can't give them. Yeah, and, and especially late in games, uh, late in games, early in games. Yeah, you, you just they're momentum killers, and uh, you know discipline will be key. And it'll be it'll be interesting to see how how the games are called uh, or how the mm-hmm. playoffs in general are called this year because it's uh, you know it's forever changing and you look at uh, you know how games have been called down the stretch and there's been some head scratchers and yeah. then there's been some other moments where you know just it seems like a blind eye is getting turned so uh, you're never quite sure what you're going <laughs> to get it's you know consistently inconsistent um, <laughs> so I think it's just going to be the you know the team that you know, just kind of wills itself. Does O three and one against Washington matter? I don't think so. It's that's the regular season. If anything, mm-hmm. it, it's motivation. Save Great. it all. Yeah, like well, <laughs> or maybe it's one of those. It, it's a situation where you sit there and be like, "That's great." So these guys think that you know we should be a pushover, but they're not going to be. All right. One one final thing. We're and we're not going to get to the difference between o two o six and o nine because we could be here forever. But I want to ask you because I want to ask you about Rod because um, you've a couple of times talked about um, routine. If I had to look at all the things that I think Rod has done, the amazing thing is I already have the the title of a column I want to write about Rod. Because, oh, so you're looking for me to no 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 like, I, I, yeah help give, me give, out. give you the thumbs up out. on it yeah help here we out. go is that coaches have a tendency to try to prove how smart they are and that's not necessarily an ego thing in many cases but it's hey I'm a coach I'm smart and they want to prove to you how smart they are by moving things around by moving pieces around the I, I'm stunned at how little of that Rod has done this year. 
there's been essentially no change to the top power play unit. It's the same, basically the same five guys, except Nino Niederreiter is on it now, and and he's not always on it, I guess, but I think he's on it, and he's he's basically been on it since he got here. That's the only real change. It's been Justin Falk uh, as the you know def, def, one lone defenseman at the point of the power play. Uh, it's basically the only change. Uh, the lines have essentially stayed the same. He kept the same process from 15, 17, and 5, uh, and the same exact team, almost set up exactly the same way with the exception of Niederreiter, uh, goes 31, 12, and 2. The consistency that he has demonstrated, to me, is the most incredible thing. Well, Am I overlooking something? Am I no, overthinking no, no. it? No, so it's... Don't players crave consistency? Well, yeah. So obviously, um, you know, having and a lot of coaches do this, where they, you know, they group their forwards in, in pairs of two. And I think, for me, when I I look at it, and I I think with the power play, I feel like from the start of the year, Willie wasn't there because Willie was with Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was there's little tweaks that that are going to happen throughout the course of the year. But I think this is also part of and. You know, the, like Roddy's Roddy's never going to sit there and you know really reinvent the wheel when it comes to all this. Like he's he's very straightforward with everything that he does and says. And I think you know for him, he can draw on his experiences as a player and his his likes and dislikes mm-hmm. as a player. And um, like I know, like when when we played together, there were a few moves that like a coach would make and. You know, he'd kind of not <laughs> openly disagree with it, but he'd, he'd grunt at it a little bit and kind of just, uh, he, you know, he'd just be like, he'd just kind of be shaking his head and mumbling under his breath. And we used to make jokes. He had a parrot on his shoulder. He must have been talking to, but he just, you know, there was there were certain things that, um, you know, he he under he understood. I think. Uh, at times, why why coaches were you know making moves and stuff like that, but he didn't always agree with them, and I think that when you look at uh, you know what he's done this year, and I think he's definitely drawing on his own experiences, and I think that you know, players like consistency from the coaching staff, and because coaches want consistency from their players, and I had this conversation when I was in Edmonton. And uh, it was with Charlie Huddy, who was one of the better assistant coaches mm-hmm. in the league. Like, had a, a lot of, lot of good conversations with Charlie. Had a lot of respect for him, and um, we kept changing up uh, things, like in our penalty kill, and we we were changing up our set breakout all the time, and all this stuff. And I, and I was coming from an organization here in Carolina where we had beaten them in the Cup Finals, and we preached doing things the right way, the same way every time and doing it the best and doing it better than anyone else and making sure that like our work ethic was the only thing that would be the difference between us winning and losing a game. And so, and so I had that conversation with him where, you know, they were complaining about our penalty kill being lousy or something like that. And it's like, well, like how many times are we going to change up what we're doing out there? Like, why don't we figure out what we want to be good at Mm -hmm. and what we want to, take away or whatever and obviously it's going to change a little bit from team to team uh based on personnel but it's all the same kind of concepts and uh, and i think he he kind of found that a little bit interesting but i think with 
with what Roddy's done here, you know, things have stayed consistent. So that way, you know, the players understand, you know, what's expected. And it's easy to go to the rink every day and know what your job is or what's expected of you or what you have to do. And it's like any workplace, really, when you think about it, when you really want to narrow it down. If you show up at work and you're not quite sure what the hell you're supposed to do there mm-hmm. that day, going to be might be a little bit of a confusing day for you. <laughs> so, um, so I think that's been that's that's a big reason for the success, and I think that that's also one of the characteristics that makes Rowdy a good coach. And then I think that the 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 separation of uh, of Turbo and uh, and Aho mm-hmm. has been that was the Niederreiter has trade. been yeah, and and getting that trade done allowed him the opportunity to to try that and see that and uh and I think that that's been fantastic. I think there was a lot of concern about like how that would turn out and I think that uh Taravine and I mean he was the one that I would have been worried about <laughs> uh with with that separation and you know he he played well, he got a new deal, then he played even better. Yeah. And so and 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 that's also, you know, another part of it is that you know, you maybe look at a situation with with him, and you make that comparison to a guy like Furlan, who's you know in a little bit of a contract limbo, yeah, uh, and to a guy that's not, and then you look at what's consistent and what isn't, and there usually is some truth behind all that. And right, one more thing, I, I lied. <laughs> um, Sebastian's gone fourteen games without a goal. Now, big, big I, deal. I had way worse. Uh, <laughs> um, well, he, he, I mean, he look. He's had a great year either way. He's got I don't know, eighty-five points, then thirty goals, eighty-three points. Uh, he's had a great year. But for a guy who is a goal scorer too, he's not only a goal scorer, but does a lot of things. Fourteen games without a goal can be concerning. If you were uh, sitting next to Sebastian in the locker room, what would you say? What would you tell him? Uh, well, basically, he's tied with everyone for the league leading goals right now. Everyone's at zero. Right. <laughs> so, is it concerning? No, I'm not. I mean, as a teammate, I'm not concerned. Uh, if there's an underlying injury that people don't know about, then you know that's. I mean, I, I wouldn't even say that that's concerning. I, I would say that that's more. You know, you. You're hoping that a guy gets healthy, right? Uh, I mean, because obviously it's going to be a war of attrition. That's what the playoffs are partly about. Um, but I wouldn't be concerned uh, because he does so many other things really well, also. Um, and so even in games when he's not scoring, he's getting chances mm-hmm. uh, and he's creating chances. Um, so I, there's a lot of other aspects to his game that's not just scoring and. You know, if he's not scoring, it just means that somebody else is, and so yeah, they haven't hurt and, and really yeah, hurt and, for goals. And so when he is, so when he does, you know, start scoring again, or you know, find something that you know maybe he was doing that just wasn't, you know, it, it fell out of the routine or whatever mm-hmm. it was, like I, I think he'll be fine. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be concerned about him, and I wouldn't be concerned based on what you see with how he how he carries himself and. Uh, He's been great. Like his, yeah, like his, his demeanor on the ice and, uh, and 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 in his play, like it, it, you wouldn't know that 
he's gone 14 without a goal. Right. He doesn't look to be uh, fighting it. He doesn't look to be frustrated by it. Um, and maybe that just goes to speak of you know what a good pro he is and what a good teammate he is. Uh, but I think it, it just goes to speak of what a good player he is. And he's going to be fine. You know, regardless of if he goes another 14 without scoring one, yeah, I'm sure he's going to be just fine. But it's the playoffs, and everyone's at zero. They're nine and five in his 14 game yep. uh, goal scoring drought. Uh, thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate it always. Um, we always go uh, off on tangents, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's my fault. It, no, 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 that's fine. I, I, uh, I kind of invite it. So, uh, so thanks. I'll see you at uh, playoff games starting. Are you going to go uh, Monday? The are, yeah, are you, I don't know. Spring break, man. Uh huh. That's right. I'm. Uh, yeah. It's. Uh, you going to Panama City, Florida? No, I know. I just. What? That's the thing. It's. It's me and Landon, <laughs> and I think. Uh, I think we had the had the Hurricanes not made the playoffs, uh, we we probably would have gone and chased some playoff hockey somewhere. Oh, okay. Uh, to to be able to you know see some good games and, and visit some friends. Uh, so two birds with one stone, but I'm I'm all out of sorts. Normally spring break was this past. <laughs> Well, this weekend now okay. starting, and it's like this week. Uh, so typically, uh, we'd be we'd be at the final four right now. So it's just kind of like, man, I was am, there this weekend. What am I doing? Yeah. So my cousin's for Turner. Uh, oh, okay. And so, I mean, Land and I were, you know, we get all the behind the scenes oh, and bells nice. and whistles with uh, with my cousin. Oh, man, Virginia and Texas Tech. What what would have been better than that? Uh, yeah, I, I I think I think just being able to spend time with my cousin, right, <laughs> much better, would have been a, would have been a lot better. But uh, I I think we will be here for uh, game number three. I think that uh, I think that's probably where this whole thing was headed. And then who knows? Maybe our our journey will take us uh, somewhere south, and then maybe somewhere up to D.C. to go catch a game. You never know. I'm looking for uh, for Canes Penguins. Second round, Canes Lightning. Third round, I uh, and then uh, I don't I don't know Carolina that, Calgary final. I don't know that Pittsburgh's going to be coming out of that first round. It, it, there's some it's an interesting there's some, there's some yeah there's some there's some good matchups. Uh, I uh, I don't I don't know that the Lightning are going to make their way out of that How first round Col- either. Columbus loaded up for this. Well, yeah, and they it took a while for them to sort it out. Right, they're, they they're, loaded the, up. This for is this. something that used to go on here. A lot where Jim always talked about, like, you have to hit it just right and you can't make too many changes because you don't want to affect the culture. And they clearly kind of tweaked things around to the point where it was awkward for a little bit, but they seem to sorted it out. That's, by the way, not not that you're a gambler, they're plus 250. They are a (laughs) big, they're the biggest, Columbus is the biggest underdog in the first round of the playoffs. By a lot, the biggest underdog. Well, I'll uh, I'll be curious. I'll be curious to see how that goes. Um, I do think that if, if I were a player and or coach, uh, and I was going to have to go through Tampa, I would want them in the first round. Mm-hmm. Not, get them before they get going. Not in the conference final. Not not, <laughs> not by the time they build up all that confidence and get the ball rolling. Thanks again. Yep. Anytime. 
That's this week's Canes Corner with Adam Gold. Download or subscribe to our podcast every Monday during the Carolina hurricane season in the iTunes or Google Play stores or listen at WRALsportsfan.com and on our WRAL Sports Fan app. And don't forget, for the latest Canes coverage, log on to WRALsportsfan.com. Every game on the Canes radio flagship, 99.9 The Fan. 